Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. This is Amy Barker. And this is Richard Gray. And from the Geek Actually Studios, this is Podcast Pillow Fort. And coming up today, we're going to talk about what's new and making news in podcast land. We will talk about all about the podcast episodes all around Portland, <gasps> Oregon. Portland! And we may just talk about a couple tiny triumphs we've had. And as always, we'll end with what we've been learning this week. Learning. So <laughs> grab your headphones, a beer and a donut, and hey. join us in the Pillow Fort. Don't <laughs> Every time I go straight to MTV News, <laughs> someone's got to back me up on that. Oh, it's been a while since it, we've been we, here. April did not exist for us, apparently. Nope, nope it was gone. No, well, I mean, there was Easter and oh, then there was stuff. three other chocolate, weeks after that. Chocolate, way too much chocolate. Got out of our sugar comb and realized it's May. Oh, crap, we should go record. Yeah. And a lot's been happening. Oh, my God. Oh. So you leave podcasts alone for five, five minutes. minutes and you feed it after midnight and all of a sudden <laughs> Adnan Syed is uh, back. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adnan Syed, who, who those of you who for some reason have been living under a pod rock for the last uh, couple of the last 12 months or so. Wasn't that some weird animated series? Pod from rock. the Yeah. No, that was cop rock. You know, no, she, wait a minute. And that was an animated. She's not of Fraggle Rock? Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Did cop rock make it to Australia? Did I, that show? I don't make recall it to Cop, Rock. <gasps> Cop Rock was the. It was a musical. Imagine Law and Order, but as a musical, <laughs> it was the best thing ever. We used to have uh, like dinner parties to watch Cop Rock. It was oh, I thought so it was like a, a rock. Fun. It was like a rock who was a cop. No. <laughs> And he'd be like, sorry, no. sorry, Stan, I'm going to have to no, take you in. You're no. stoned. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll have to look up Cop Rock. It's pretty damn cool. funny. But Adnan Sayed's back. He is. Well, sort of. Sorry, at the, the end of that sentence, if those of you who've been living under a pod rock, cereal. cereal. He was the subject oh, of cereal. cereal. So. Which was the biggest thing. You would think that there hadn't been a podcast before cereal. It, according to the media, there were podcasts. I know, it? crazy, mm. huh? Yes. So there is a new. There's a new podcast called Undisclosed: The State versus Adnan Syed, and it did start next last month. And it is more about it's a bunch of lawyers sitting around talking about the case. Mm. And uh, I have to, I've listened to a bit of one episode, and it definitely isn't as engaging as Serial was. It, it's a lot deeper. It's you know, if you're if you're into the whole, the whole law kind of stuff, and I don't know who'd be into that kind of thing, <laughs> you might enjoy it. But it promises to get a bit more in deep into the story. I had dinner with a lawyer last night, and I was talking to her about this. Yes. and she was yeah. saying not to get a lawyer on you or anything. So <laughs> there must have been some pretty serious reason for them to 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 have an appeal because that they don't yeah. normally, you know, like that. And I said, yeah, there's a lot. That there's, there's a lot. There's twelve episodes worth of reasons. Yeah, why there was yeah, an appeal. yeah. Oh, absolutely. So. so yeah, so that's out there. There are a few mm. episodes in now. Um, and another show that's come out, and I just mm. found out about this. I, f- I pulled this up yesterday, and I think I've actually got the little page back here. There is a new show or new, from uh, Gimlet called the Mystery Show Podcast, and I was I was okay. Now, what? what are you talking about? There it is, right there. And it, so it's it's a mystery show, and 
basically the whole idea is that they will go and solve problems you can't solve. Oh, I thought like you didn't know what you're listening to each week. <laughs> From week to week. And it's kind of like this show. Um, no, they, so their whole thing is they want people to write in and they ha- the, the, the questions, it's something that can't be Googled. So they're going to answer. So if you have a mystery like in your life, you've always they, wanted to solve the, 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 hard, the hardest band in the world to Google, hardest band in the world to Google. Yeah. So if you have a mystery in your life, you've always wanted solved and you email it into these people. And the only rule is that the answer to your mystery can't be found by Googling. Okay. Dear mystery, Gimlet mystery podcast. Yes. Where does my right sock keep going? <laughs> <laughs> See, if you just buy all the exact same socks, it doesn't matter. I know, I know, crazy, huh? So that's coming out, and that's uh, there's a trailer out there. We'll put a link in the show notes. The trailer's pretty good. Okay. It's pretty interesting. A lot of people, you know, oh, this person from my life uh, when I was a kid, and I only knew them by their first name, and they went to this school, and so it's a bit of that kind of stuff. For some reason I misread this next headline <laughs> as the Hugo Award fascist nomination. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, given some of the uh, controversy yeah. surrounding them. Oh, yeah. But aren't they usually pretty controversial? Yeah. The Hugo Award? It was more... Uh, the, anyway, so the, yes. we'll talk about the, uh, the nominations, but the controversy tends to be, be tends to be around the kind of block voting and the yeah. and uh, the favoritism that goes yeah. on behind that. Yeah. Well, our our friend, our friend G. Willow Wilson, mm. she she got nominated this year. We were chatting with her in Portland. Yeah, yeah. we got to, you know, chat with G. Willow at the, at the conference. Oh, so that would be... Sorry, hang on. That would be... Uh, this, <laughs> This is G. Willow Wilson, who's uh, who gave an intro for our other podcast. Hi, this is G. Willow Wilson, and you're listening to Behind the Panels. That one. She was so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's been nominated for your Hugo, but they've also, they have a section, and I found this really odd. They call it fan casts. Yes. So, and I guess, you know, that's the whole point is that, you know, these are fans doing podcasts. Right, But right, right. I think that also covers video rather than just audio podcasts. Okay. Um, so they've had a whole bunch nominated this year, Sci-Fi Publishing, Dungeon Crawlers Radio, uh, Galactic Suburbia, and the Sci-Fi Show, spelled S-C-I-P-H-I, because mm. it's philosophy and <gasps> science fiction. Yeah, it's really clever. And this last one's up our, our, I know, our totally. wheelbarrow alley. <laughs> tea and Jeopardy. My God. <laughs> Everything I love in life. <laughs> what are the things, uh, Tea and Jeopardy, what are the things Amy loves in life? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well done. Phrase them in the form of a question. Uh. Um, and the Webby Award winners are out. So congratulations to the Stuff You Should Know uh, podcast. They won Yay. the People's Choice Award for their their lovely website, which is fantastic. I know we need to have some applause for something like that. Oh, you're not going to do it, are you? Oh, I, I might have some on uh, here somewhere. That's right. Another time, another time. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, nice. Well done. Well done to those... Uh, those uh, To the Stuff You Should Know people. <laughs> and just uh, finished up... Oh, actually, uh, today... In New York, mm-hmm. they had uh, the Upfronts, which uh, the they call New Front is the the name of the conference, but it's all the different um, uh, media producers. They put all their new stuff out there so mm-hmm. that the media, you know they can people can see it and go, "Hey, here's this new show we've got coming out." This you know, and blah blah blah. Everybody goes. I mean, it's Hulu, it's YouTube, National Geographic, Time. Everybody can imagine. And for the first time, they have a dedicated section just about podcasts. Oh, wow. Nice. So that's kind of a big deal. And they, like everybody's in it. Like NPR is there. You know, PDX are there. Like all the big names are there. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, comes out of that and if it happens mm. again next year. So all those, like I was just saying, Serial was such a big deal. I don't know that that would have happened had Serial yeah. not blown up the way it did. Well, yeah. Up, like, I mean, it's, it's, good. it's good for, for all of us, something like yeah. Serial. Because people... 
know what a podcast is. Now. You don't have to explain that concept. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Very, very. But the big thing that has come out of the upfronts this year mm. is uh, we have discovered, and I'd like to thank my brother, Jim, for yes. putting me onto this. We have discovered who the male Kemp girl is. For those of you who need reminding, this is the male Kemp girl. Support for cereal comes from male chimp. From male chip. Male came chimp. which is fabulous and and the mystery stuff like why it's always been the thing why does she struggle with male camp was it a little kid Mm. was it someone who you know couldn't read what was the dealio so was it a chimp was it actually a chimp yeah but as it turns out it was a 14 year old girl from norway who was standing in line with her parents to get an iPhone 6, as you do. So the mystery, if if they solved nothing from Serial, (laughs) the mystery of the male Kemp girl has been solved. I'd like to think that when she got her iPhone 6, she started downloading Serial and hurt herself (laughs) And went, oh my God, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) But now we know. Wow. Yeah. I, I actually feel like that has brought that whole show to some sort of closure for me. Yeah, totally. That was that was the true mystery of of serial. Yeah. Not whether Adnan Syed had did nothing it. to do with Diddy Killer. Who was did the he, male Kim girl? Who was the male Kim girl? So I love that it. at the time there was all those infographics that came out, and one of them was like, you know, Sarah Koenig did it. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, um, uh, you know, Ira Glass did it. Yes. You know, but it was you know possibly that was like a long shot. The male Kim girl did yes, it. Yes, totally, <laughs> totally. Uh, that, that's where my money was. Oh, completely. But see, now that I know that it was a fourteen-year-old girl from Norway. I feel mm, kind of bad thinking that. She wouldn't have been alive that. when... No. When... when she, no, she'd have been like four. No, wasn't it wasn't 10 it, years ago? I thought it was 15. Oh, my God. I think you might be right. We may have to go check. Dun, 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 Someone dun, dun, in our dun, dun, office has the serial music as a ringtone, and it freaks me out every time their phone weird, goes off. It's weird, because the person sitting next to me in the office has the TARDIS as their ringtone, <laughs> so I just think, doctor? <laughs> <laughs> I had that for a while. I had to change it because... My, I've got R2-D2 as my... Oh, very nice. ...ringtone thing. I think Not I've, my ringtone, but my... Yeah. I think I've got Spanish Flea at the moment, but... Huh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I have... Did you... Because I... Especially don't have Spanish Fly at the moment. We're fine. Well, you know, yeah. totally different. Um, we're going to be talking about 99PI, and we I think we both did the Kickstarter thing. I've never been able to get that bloody ringtone to work on my phone. No. Never. I have to speak to Roman Mars. I know. This is Roman Mars, and this is your phone. <laughs> I'll have to try it again. Okay, so... We've been off for a while. Yes. Yes. We've had a few things get in the way. We went away. We did go away. We went to a conference, uh, which sort of inspired this episode. Yes. We've had some sort of personal things that have come up. But one of the things we sort of spoke about uh, was sort of how to keep this show sort of sustainable in the long term, mm. and which has brought up, and we've played a little bit with the format of the show. Yep. Um, but we thought, you know what? We, I, th- I think we came up with kind of a good idea of how to keep this thing sort of long term sustainable because I think some of the feedback we were hearing was that, you know what? I have enough podcasts to listen to. Yep. I cannot add another damn one to my my list. And, and, and we said to those people, well, hashtag first world problems. First world problems. Yeah. Quit your job. Listen yeah. to, you know, because you got better things just to make, do. Just, just start from the beginning. You don't need to sleep. Geek actually episode one. No shit. Go through. We've got 600 episodes. We're all you need. That's it. Yeah. Done. Boom. Hmm. Mic out. Peace drop. Boom. I can't what? drop these mics through no. an arm. <laughs> <laughs> so what we thought we might do, and we're going to give this a bash, we'll see how we go, is we are going to theme each episode and then 
of our podcast yes, and find a couple of episodes from other podcasts just around that theme. So we're not talking about an entire run of a podcast, just no. one episode or even a segment. I think we could probably pull off. So if for example, to. this week we're doing uh, Portland. Portland. Uh, Portland, Oregon. Not, yes. Not Portland, Portland Victoria or, or Portland, Victoria. No, no. There, I didn't know there was a Portland. There's a Portland in Victoria. <sighs> So we could do a world tour of Portland. Portland. Yeah, I there think so. Go. I don't think any of them could be as, as much fun as Portland, oh, Oregon. Portland. Sorry to Portland, Maine, and Portland, Victoria. Yes, but we did love Portland. Yeah, Oregon. Portland, Portland was awesome. And uh, so, for example, we may we won't find necessarily find a entire podcast about Portland, no. although I'm sure that exists. I'm sure it does. Um, uh, particularly, there'll be I'm sure there's an entire podcast about the TV show Portlandia. Yes, uh, which will come up. Yes, uh, you think? But we sort of like pick a pod- <laughs> an existing podcast, and they might have done an episode on Portland. Portland, or yes. they might have done a segment, segment. on yes. Portland. So that's the kind of theme that we're going to be doing from now on yes. on the show. Yes. So that you don't have to feel like you have to add a whole new, you mm. know, a whole new show to your, okay. to your, you know, to subscribe yeah. to. You can just dip in and try one I'll, and see how it goes. That episode go. sounds interesting. I'll start with that one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and this is of the, of the ones we're talking about. <laughs> I love this episode. Okay. Now we've spoken, I just mentioned Roman Mars. We've spoken about 99% Invisible before, but this particular episode is so brilliant. Okay. Because I didn't know about this phenomenon before I got to Portland. No. No. And like you, you'd heard it before. Yes. And you started taking pictures of your feet. When, foot selfies. Foot yeah. selfies when you got to Portland. Literally waiting in the, like waiting for the baggage to come. Yeah, the luggage we, at the luggage carousel. Now, we'd been on a plane for about 15 uh, 5, hours. 5,000 hours. at this stage. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, well, Amy's gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but that might not be the indicator of no. my madness. Yes. <laughs> so, but no. So, uh, there is this weird love. So, there's this particular episode of 99% Invisible about the carpet. Yes. At PDX, which is the Portland airport. Now, the funny thing about this particular episode of, of 99% Invisible, it's actually not their episode. It comes from another podcast as called Rendered, which is a Portland-based podcast. Huh. So, But they got onto the story, and because it's about design, it is about the carpet in the airport. And it has the, <laughs> it's taken on this weird cult status, the carpet there. And it is... It's so 80s. It's teal, which if you cannot, you know, if nothing else describes the 1980s, it's teal. If you don't want to look like go and look at our show notes oh at podcastmotherfuck.com and you'll see our, our banner is probably going to be the yeah, carpet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so this carpet has just, people love it. They get, they, it, like, it's crazy. There's a whole gift shop in the freaking I've, airport. I've, I've got the, the coaster. Yes. With the carpet on it. And, and bad, we've got, both got badges. We have badges. <laughs> Not badgers, badges. Badges. So the first clip we have here is this guy who uh, decided to make some socks that is the same print as this carpet. I used to live in Boston. I cannot imagine telling Bostonites, like, I'm obsessed with the airport carpet at Logan (laughs) and having someone go, yeah, me too. Jeremy Dunn is a designer in Portland, and he's another fan of the carpet. A couple of years ago, he decided to have some socks made with the carpet pattern on them. He spent about $500 on the minimum order, which was 72 pairs. So he was hoping some people would want to buy them. We posted them on our Instagram account, and I think it was... an hour, maybe two hours, and they were all sold out. 
The carpet socks were so popular that Jeremy quit his day job and opened up a retail space. Jeremy's socks are actually sold in the airport now, alongside many other items emblazoned with the carpet pattern. T-shirts, coffee mugs, throw pillows, tote bags, stickers, keychains, bike helmets, water bottles. There's even a PDX carpet IPA from a local brewery called Rogue. That's what's so interesting to me about this whole carpet phenomenon. It's great for PDX. It's basically free marketing for them. But if the airport had tried to create this kind of fervor for the carpet, there's no way it would have caught on. At least not like this. No. No. No, I didn't realize it was an IPA as well. Yeah. Because we tried a lot of beer in Oh, Poland. my God. Seriously? I, I tried one of my favorite names for beer that yeah. I had there yeah. was uh, Dawn of the Red. <laughs> <laughs> which is, of course, is a red ale. Yes, of course. Yeah. Oh, God, the beer God, there. The Phobos one, which was oh, the, uh, was oh, it Eclipse? Ellipse? Oh, oh, Ecliptical. Ecliptical. Ecliptic? Ecliptic. 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 I've got, I've got the, 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 the um, thing. Yeah. The coaster, coaster. on my desk at yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> they do really good beer there. Really good beer. Well, see, that's the thing about this is that this whole thing with the carpet, it's, it, it, they're getting rid of it. Mm. So the, mm. it was really weird when you were in the airport because there were parts of it where there was the old carpet and parts there were the new carpet. And, and, then, and, a, bit in, and a temp carpet in between. In, yeah. in between. So it was really <laughs> weird. And the thing that I saw on, I don't know if it was in the 99PI thing or someplace else, you can you can put in bids to get sections of the carpet. Yeah, but it was you, in the 99PI yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but you have to say what you're going to do with it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and people have gotten very sort of protective of this carpet. Yeah. You know? And I think that's what our next clip was is about how the the Port, Portland people feel about lose, about this airport and and this this the end of this era of this carpet going away. You can't manufacture a cult following for an airport carpet. It has to happen on its own. You don't say. But I do think that part of the reason that people fell in love with the carpet is because people have a lot of love for the airport itself, which has kind of become a microcosm of Portland with local restaurants and food carts in the terminal. There's even a mini farmer's market in the sea concourse. And so maybe the new carpet will eventually become a part of the airport the same way the old carpet did. Crucial to the experience of coming home to Portland. Then again, maybe not. It's a lot like just having anything in your childhood uh, replaced with something. You're kind of resentful towards the new whatever it may be. Um, and you could potentially grow to like it, but it'll never be the same as the original thing that you loved. Oh, Was that my heartstrings? Were you like feeling those? Yeah. Is that what that sound was? So I've got a connection <laughs> to the Portland carpet now. Yeah. I feel I've walked on those those hallowed grounds. Do you know what they had there? And I don't know I don't know if you had a chance to see this part, but there they do have some food trucks literally yeah, yeah, yeah. inside the airport, but this one was kind of wanky. It was there was a Subway, like Subway sandwiches food truck, uh. <laughs> but it was a food truck Subway sandwich. In the airport, I was like, "Oh, honey, Come no, on, no yeah. <laughs> honey, no." Because on the same trip, there, there was I went to Seattle as mm. well, and they had a sub pop record store in the airport. That's awesome, though. Great. And and yeah. in the next podcast we're talking about, they actually talk about that quite a bit. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's right. They do too. Mention yeah, that as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so great episode from ninety nine PI talking about this mm. carpet. Awesome. So the next podcast we have here it comes from the Nerdist, the Nerdist people. Uh, and they it's had the main Nerdist podcast. It's the, yeah, it's the Nerdist podcast. And they had Slater Kinney on. Um, 
fantastic. They oh. were so good. Now, if you if you cast your mind back a long, long, long way, we did a episode uh, where we talked about the Brett Easton Ellis podcast. Oh, we did. Oh, God, we did. And I forgot about, I one, forgot about and this And we played episode. a clip all the way back then, and it's probably our first or second episode of the show. Yeah, yeah. Where we spoke about uh, uh, Brett Easton Ellis interviewing – uh, Carrie Brownstein yes. and Fred Armiston from yes. Portlandia. Yes, yes. Uh, and of course, those of you who don't know, Carrie Brownstein is one part of a trio. Oh, Slater Kenny. Kenny. Yes. And oh, that's an infamous episode. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. And th- it's funny because I hadn't thought about that, but to compare those two interviews, I mean, they're funny and engaging. Because <laughs> Brett Easton Ellis was basically, tell us what all women think. You're the representative. Yeah, Go. exactly. Yeah. What a douche. Um, but. This goes for an hour and a bit, and they talk about everything. I mean, they talk a lot about Portland. Yeah. And because I, you know, I, I guess I kind of, I, it's funny with the whole Portlandia show and uh, Carrie's involvement in that, I didn't actually, for some reason, it didn't, the penny didn't drop that. She actually does live there. Yeah. She lives part-time in New York and part-time in Portland. And I don't know why I didn't, I thought that was, <laughs> you know, but she has such insider knowledge that makes sense that yeah. that show, now having been to the city, the show makes more sense. Yes. Um, and they talk about everything that like, they go, okay, where, where should we get donuts? Because everybody, you know, Voodoo Donuts, is that the one? Is that the one? And Ping Pong comes up because yeah. apparently there's, you know, Ping Pong's all the rage. And they talked about Mississippi Avenue. Oh, yeah. Which is where we stayed awesome. there. Awesome. It's is, awesome. If you're ever in Portland. Mississippi Avenue. Mississippi fun. Avenue and you want breakfast, go to Gravy. Gravy. Oh, my God. Greatest place ever. Oh, my God. Yes. And this Tumblr comes up and I will put a link to it in the show notes. Oh, this. Called. Yes. Old dudes with Meg Ryan hair. <laughs> Honestly, it is one of those things you cannot unsee. No. You just can't. Oh, bless them. And you just go, oh, sweetie, honey. No, it, it literally is old rocker dudes. Like, I mean, I guess old is relative, but they all have Meg Ryan hair. one of them is Carl Urban. Yeah. Not Carl Urban. No, Keith Urban. Keith Urban. Carl <laughs> yeah. Urban. It's his actor. brother. Yeah. <laughs> And it is the, oh my God, they're just hysterical. So I will put, oh God, Joe Elliott, bless his cotton socks. Um, How did Meg Ryan become the the fashionista for old rocker dudes, for aging rockers? Who knew? They must all go to her hairdresser. Mm, Some of them go to her plastic surgeon as well. Oh, yeah. Oh God, seriously. Mm. Yeah. And. Sorry, was that unnecessary? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. But that's yeah. okay. We'll we'll forgive. Yeah, we'll edit that out, I'm sure. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. <laughs> um but you're mes- men- mentioning Mississippi Ave and yes. uh this first clip we have they're talking <laughs> they were trying to sort of I think outcool each other a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's a clip about <laughs> just different things that exist in Portland. Driving around near I think it was maybe on the way to the airport. There were these two giant warehouses, and it was basically they'd turn these warehouses into, like, surplus furniture stores that were fucking phenomenal. Just, like, old office furniture that you can just go... Ikea? There no. Is <laughs> there is an Ikea by the airport. It's not... <laughs> Big warehouse. You were trying to make that seem really local. <laughs> Ikea was a cool. Swedish place. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's so funky. They got furniture and meatballs. It's really neat. Yeah, and all you need to put the furniture together is this weird L-shaped wrench that never fits anything. Uh, that's funny because they have those here as well. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's wacky. I wonder, I wonder if they know. Yeah, I don't the, know. If the Portland people I've know. I've bought things from Ikea. Have you? Yeah. 
Yeah. You have to show that to me. I will. Yeah. Um, Okay, but they don't just talk about Portland. They actually do talk a bit about Slater Kitty because this is this particular interview came off of the back of when uh, their album had just come out, um, yes. No Cities to Love. Awesome was, album. Oh, yeah. kidding. Um, so th- we've got another clip here. And oh my God, th- the second half of this interview is just hysterical <laughs> when they start talking about, you know, shoes in a dryer drumming. And, <laughs> <Yes>. and <laughs> it's so good. And you know, that's a drumming style. Um, but Corinne Tucker talks a little bit about negative reviews and the challenges of playing live. And I think we have that clip there. <laughs> Did it used to bother you? Yeah, I definitely, I remember one of the first reviews that I got, I was only like, 18 or 19 and and the review was literally like this woman cannot sing this is the worst thing i've ever heard (laughs) and i mean at that point if i if i hadn't have like had some chutzpah like i would have i would never have sung again you know like after a review like that i had to really be like no there's something in me that that has to sing you know to me that always sounded like like just a choice like it was just like i hadn't heard anything else like that and it just seemed like a like a specific choice you're make to make it sound different than anything else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that at the time, you know, there was like this whole new kind of music happening that was sounded so edgy. And, you know, I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to, you know, m- get to people in a room. I mean, that's, that's really where the writing would happen to me was like, yeah. you try all different things at the show that would get to people. So that's where that vocal style was developed is like in the live setting. That's good. You know, in uh, uh, the book, how music works, the David Byrne book, he talks about how all these bands that were playing CBGB and uh, especially talking heads. It's like how they, from playing that room, and like having to make certain noises so people would pay attention or so certain like ways of singing or certain guitar tones would break through the noise of a bar. And like it's like how much of that just sound develops because of live performing. Right. And that's, it sounds like By the way, why would anyone shit on you when you were 19? When whole – does anyone ever notice that – Courtney Love barely sings on key ever. Like, that. did you see that video? Oh my god, it's brutal. Which one? So she she was addicted to some sound guy, and then the guy just did an output of her guitar and her vocals. That's it. Soloed it. Yeah, it's, it's isolated. Like, it's from a live show. The guitar playing is really what's kind of shocking. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's well, the, squawky. She's like around the right fret. Like yeah. it's like, kind of amazing. It's well, kind of like a. It's a new genre. <laughs> and that sound guy never worked again. I'm sure. Oh my yeah. god. No, I actually haven't. I, I haven't listened to that clip in a while. But I meant oh. to go listen to it. It's really bad. It's bad. Yeah. Like like like. I was somebody. I before I'd, I'd heard this um, episode, someone had sent me that clip. Oh god. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, bless her cotton socks. She's still out there making money and she is. doing her thing. She's still standing. She's, well, you know, <laughs> propped Ish. up. Speaking of plastic surgery disasters. Oh, oh, snap. oh, she's, you know, very upfront about that. Hey, she's a widow. You'd be nice to her. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that should do that. But it's a really good episode um, from the guys at Nerdist. It's, it, I like how they don't a lot of times when you get musicians in the studio it's just all about okay tell us about your new album and tell us about your process while well, that was about the process they do they talk about their families and they talk about their other projects and they joke around and just you know shoot. and the one guy who's interviewing is a huge Slater Kinney fan yeah. he completely outs himself at one point because they're also comedians but when they are fans yes. like I remember when they had an episode with Michael Sheen on yeah 
And they just and he was there to promote his latest prestige film or whatever he was doing. But they just talked about the Underworld series. Yeah, for, yeah, exactly. For, and for somehow minutes, I just know? find that much more engaging yeah. than just a okay, let's hear about your latest and, film. Here you go. And it's better when like the guest is willing to do yes. that and not go. Well, actually, in my latest film, yes, exactly. Uh, he was just like happy to geek out with them about That's awesome. that. And in that particular one, Sarah Silverman was in the background because they were dating at the time. Maybe they still are. Yeah. Uh, so stuff like that. Mm, it's that that's mm. that kind of freewheeling kind nice. of thing that they. Nice. And as you said, in this episode here, people come in and out. Yeah. And the one guy had to leave because he was going to produce another show. He had to yeah. go work on some other show. She's like, oh, sorry, I got to go now. Yeah. <laughs> Middle of the show. <laughs> I'm like, okay, see ya. So, yeah. So, yeah. a little bit about from Slater Kinney. And, oh, and I did have this in my notes for before, but I'm just going to put this out there and yes. I will link to it somewhere in the show notes. There is an interview with the ladies, the two comedians from Broad City oh, yeah, interviewing yeah. Slater Kinney. Wow. And I'm pretty sure they're all like four drinks in. <laughs> it is the funniest thing you've heard in ages and they just go off. It's and the closest thing to a Broad City Portlandia crossover oh we're going to get. Oh my God, it was brilliant. I'll put a link in there, but definitely seek that one out. I love bad. both those shows and that band. I need to oh, listen to this now. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Totally awesome. So we'll, cool. I'll make sure I add that into the show notes. And we got one more Port- Portland related podcast here. This then, one is, is it's, it's a straight up travel here you go. Here's Portland. Yeah, it's interesting because in the Amateur Travel Podcast, it seems to get, as you've said in the show notes there, Chris Christensen started this, but he seems to get someone who's local yes. to the city and interviews them yes. about the things you should do. Yeah, and this, sh- this show's been going for a while. It's back in oh. 2005 they started yeah. this show and up. It's so. weekly, if not yeah. more often, I think, sometimes. Like, he just puts them out when he's got them, I think. And this it's- is the kind of show, unless you're like a really heavy traveler, that you're not going to probably subscribe to. You're going to go and listen to a couple of episodes the places you're going to go to. Yeah, and it's lovely having that local knowledge because, yeah, yeah you can read all the guidebooks, but somebody who isn't... You know, yeah. Now we should just, say this Portland episode is a few years old. Yes, now, so. absolutely. Yeah, he's talking about the new food truck trend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is now just the culture. Yes, it is. So he <laughs> gets really old. Well, they got these new microbreweries growing up here in Portland. <laughs> we have this thing called the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets this other guy on from. Uh, 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 I think I'm not sure. If I have to actually look if it's a blogger if he does a, a podcast mm. himself um, something called Boots and All yes. and they do talk a lot about Portland culture and he says you know here's some interesting places to go and it's but because he's not a straight up you know oh I'm a travel reporter he talks about some of the more offbeat you know where should I go that isn't just in every travel you know, magazine that you read everywhere. And one of the places that he spoke about is a place near and dear to my heart that I went to, no joke, three times when I was in Portland. Um, and I think we have a clip. <laughs> He's talking a bit about uh, Powell's books. Oh, yes. Yeah. One of the parts of the Pearl that many people know that come to Portland is Powell's books, I should say. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. I think it must be 11th and Burnside. It takes up a whole block. And it, it's definitely my favorite bookstore in the world, not just because it's in my city, but it's just a huge, huge bookstore, three levels, lots of coffee shops. And they encourage you to pick the books up and read as much as you want. It's got kind of that independent vibe. Mm-hmm. So lots of book signings. and Yeah, I think I've heard some people recommend it as the best independent bookstore in the country. Yeah. Now there's competition, I'm sure, for that, but at sure. least in some people's list, that's the one. So I'd Def- forgotten about that. 
Yeah, so that's definitely a great place that's right on the edge of the pearl. So that's definitely one of the centerpieces. And, you know, you mentioned where do I like to bring people? That's definitely a place that is fun to sit down for an hour or two. And you can find books that you may have been looking for for a few years for just a few dollars because they're used, right? I mean, they're new books as well if you want to pay that price, but they have used books right next to it. And it's just a lot of fun, a great place to visit if it happens to be raining that day. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Okay. I think it was raining the day we went Yeah, because yeah. it never rains in Portland. No. no. Not Actually, the Pacific Northwest. No. But I think I, we had decent weather. When Except we for that one day. Yeah, yeah. All and the other days. Went to Powell's. Yeah. I even went to Powell's when it was a nice day and spent a bit of time <laughs> the there. Powell's is an amazing bookshop. You've got no idea. Like, it, it, as you said, it's a city block. It is. And, it is. And that's no joke. It, it is multi-story city block. All books. And everybody who works there is very knowledgeable and you can, mm. you know, go to town and they have all, it's not just you know, books and gifts and like you said, used books. Yeah. My brother also uh, came to Portland and he found this book that, you know how you had those books when you were a kid that were like your thing that you yeah. just had for years and yet you just, you can completely picture it on your bookshelf, in your bedroom, like that whole thing. There was this magic book and just outed my brother there for being, you know, amateur magi- magician in, in his day. Um, this ma- And I completely remember it being on his bookshelf in his bedroom, this particular, and he found it and it was like, I was transported, but I was like 10 years old all over again, flicking through this, pe- his fantastic, this magic book. And he found it at Powell's. It's been really, really cool. Two things I want to say about that clip. One, he, the guy that they was interviewing, is not actually living, living in Portland. He lives at the sister city across yes! the river, Vancouver. Yes! Not Vancouver, Canada, but Vancouver yeah. across the river. Yeah, in, in Oregon. Oregon. And and second of all, he sounded like he'd he hadn't he'd been to Portland a couple of times and was basing his entire knowledge on that. Yes. Uh, and yeah, admittedly it was five years old, but there was stuff like I'd been there for a week and I was like well, I know that's not true. Yes, yes, know, yes. So the thing that um, when it initially started, I realized he was from Chicago. He had a, such a thick Chicago accent; it was cracking me up the whole that, time. Yeah, yeah. He moved from Chicago to yeah. Vancouver, and such he goes to Portland a thick, for work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was now, such a thick we accent. Should, we should, and we should. The other thing we should say about Powell's across the road from Powell's, uh, and I have forgotten the name of the shop. Yeah, me too. But it's this it's this great local goods store, oh beautifully handcrafted <gasps> stuff and posters. There is there is a chocolate you can get there. Now oh. I bought it for my mother and I didn't get any. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, she's a generous woman. She's a generous woman. But apparently there's a chocolate <laughs> called Oregon Bark. Yes. And she tells me, not in these words exactly, but it's off the hook. <laughs> she said it, it's delicious stuff. There's places like that around the corner from Powell's. Oh. There was a great um, kind of collectible store. All kinds that, of. It was just, that I a, bought stuff for all the boys on the, behind the panels. Yeah. From that collectible oh yeah. Store. Yeah. Uh, you went bonkers in I that went store. Bonkers, and I, there was like about three Green Arrow things. Yeah. That I found yeah. There. Uh, before we leave the the uh, the Portland section, and there's a couple of other podcasts we're going to mention. I think we should mention just a couple of the our own highlights. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. What were some of the things that you you're taking away from Portland, apart from beer and donuts? Beer and donuts yeah. from Portland from the Portland visit. From the Portland visit. Oh my god. Um, public transportation, a oh, good so public good. transportation system, makes the city so much easier for the average traveler. Yeah. You know, like within like a, twenty minutes of being there, we like worked out everywhere sorted. we could go. Yeah. Sorted. You know, not hard. There, there is a there is a light rail that runs from the airport straight to where we were staying, and, and like, we were staying in the suburbs. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, it is quite a small city. 
It's not a very big city. No. no. You could probably walk from one end to the other. Yeah, in yeah. Half a day. And so much live music. You've got to love a city mm. with lots of, with a good, you know, vibrant live music scene. Yeah. I mean, these days, so many venues are closing down and people are, you know, moving into neighborhoods and then cl- getting pissed mm. off. At, I mean, it's happened all over Sydney too. But such a good live music scene. And, and, it, and yeah. yeah I was gonna say, we won't say where we stayed because we don't want it to, to be ruined forever. But no. One of the things we recommend is we actually rented a house, a house when we were there rather than staying in a hotel downtown. Yes. Um, and that made all the difference. Oh, my God. It was awesome. Because you had to pad around the suburbs yep. and yep. Uh, in these trendy little suburbs. Yeah. Which yeah. was just awesome. It was, it was I fantastic. Loved it. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. And you went up to Seattle. I mean, I know it's not Portland, but you yeah. went up to Seattle. and you Still guys Pacific go- Northwest. Still Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And the museum that you went to. Oh, EMP, which is the Experience Music Project is what it stands it's for. It's a Most Frank people- Gary building. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the building itself. It's Go- crazy. Two, two buildings in Seattle you should Google. Yes. Uh, the EMP uh, building. Yes. And the Seattle Public Library. Yeah. Oh. Both of them are phenomenal. Don't get me started. You know, oh, my, know. My, the love of my life is is the Seattle Public Library. Oh, I do know this. Yes. I do know this. And watching the TED Talk about the 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 uh, the architect who designed oh. it and how it was designed. Fantastic. Yeah. I love that building. Yeah. It's so cool. It is amazing. But, but Experience Music Project, if you're a nerd and you're in uh, or a music lover or a film lover and in Seattle, yes. it's a must visit. Yeah. Because yeah. it's kind of like if imagine if you're in Australia and you know Melbourne, it's like the ACMI. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But giant. Yeah. Like a giant version of that with, with, with amazing exhibits running all the time. It's fantastic. Um, and, you know, I, can't, I don't know what the equivalents are in other cities, but no. it's just such a unique building with a unique set of things. And we saw, I saw, speaking of Courtney Love before, yeah. there was a, a history of the Seattle Sound and Nirvana nice. and all those bands that nice. came up. And, uh, the main exhibit that was on there at the time was a Star Wars costume exhibit. Oh, nice. It was really, really rad. Oh, my God. How many days until Star Wars opens? Uh, anyway. I don't know exactly, but it's only... Uh, I know. Uh, it's we're in May now, now. Yes. so we're seven months away from release. So. Let's, let's go. Excellent. And uh, we'll put some other links to some other... Uh, yes. what was so, so that was Seattle for you, but what was one of your highlights from Portland that you uh, really enjoyed? For, for Portland, uh, I mean, I, I really loved... What did you take away? What did I take away from Portland? I mean, I I enjoyed the fact that there was so much uh, casual uh, geek culture there. Yeah, uh, you know, there's great places like uh, um, Floating World Books, which oh, is a great, they were nice. a really great comic store downtown. And where in in the district we were staying in, there was Bridge City Comics, which, yeah. is, which was wonderful. Yeah, uh, eateries. It's kind of like uh, you know, just just being a vegetarian, just having a city that's just kind of built around yeah. that kind of culture. As you said, the public transport is wonderful. Getting so from place easy. to place, and, and just 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 a general. It's hard to kind of capture exactly what it mm. is about the vibe. It's of just Portland, really chill. But it's one of the few places I've been to where I thought, yeah, I could move here. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Quite easily. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And we do have a few more um, podcasts that we'll link to in the show notes. Uh, different episodes. Um, I there was one called The Meat of DIY, and it was from Destination DIY, which is the oh, old one. name of Rendered, which is Ren- Rendered is the podcast that did the originally did the PD. <clears throat> excuse me, lost my voice there for a second. They originally did the episode about the PDX carpet. Oh, right. Wow. But they've changed. They used to be called Destination DIY, and it's a Portland-based podcast. And they have one called The Meat of DIY. I listened to about 10 minutes of this. I can't. I couldn't deal. I, I remember sending you the link without listening to it. I couldn't do it. I, yeah. I mean, it is, it is literally about like gutting carcasses and cutting up your own meat and doing self-butchery. I mean, not self-butchery, no. but you know what I mean. So, but you know what? If you're into that kind of thing, 
right on. Go for it. So we'll put some of those in in the uh, show notes. So a little bit more about Portland. So hopefully going forward as we, you know, the next shows that we come up with, we'll come up with themes and come up with episodes that you can listen to around that theme. So it might be more people who live, if we do a city, it might be people who live in that city. If it might be, you know. It might be. We might do an episode on shoes. Who Who knows? Could we? There's a really good shoe exhibit in Sydney at the moment. I should go to that. (laughs) Should. (laughs) Because I don't have enough. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, they don't let you take the shoes home. Aw, that's no fun. Because then everyone, there'd be no exhibit left. They could just come to my house. I'd let them in. Hey, something, there's one highlight. From from Portland, yes. which you haven't mentioned, no, which 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 calls for a playing of this. Yes. Once again, the tiny triumph theme stolen shamelessly. Yes. From pop culture. Happy no. Hour. No. From the other one. Extra, extra hot, hot crate. crate. I got, I got mixed up because I listened to it, uh, Pop Culture Happy Hour yes, this you morning. Did. Yes, you did. There you go. Yes, stolen shamelessly, yes. Uh, so the main reason we uh, ended up going to Portland is yes. because um, there was a library conference. Richard and I worked together and we went to, yeah, we worked together. Oh, Remember I'm, those desks on the other side of the room and they, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come back to uh, So we went to a big conference, a library conference in Portland and I was lucky enough to be able to introduce one of the keynote speakers. Yes. And that keynote speaker just happened to be Jad Abumrad from Radiolab. Wow. It was so cool. I was so nervous. There were like, what, 2,500 people in that room? About that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I got to speak to Jad back in the green room and have a little chat with him. I know, my buddy Jad. And he was just so lovely. And he was, before we went out, he was, we were having a chat and he was telling me some of the stuff he was going to talk about. And he's like, no, you sure? Does that sound like the kind of thing librarians would want to hear? And I was like, he's asking my advice. <laughs> it was so exciting. But I was you really lucky. He just him off his game and go, actually, no. That no, would go, oh my God, don't that, you dare. <laughs> don't, don't mention any of that stuff. That would no, go in terribly. No, no, oh my God. <laughs> but it was a fantastic talk that he, yeah. he gave. And There's an excerpt that we could probably embed the video because it's actually up on, the ACRL website now. Oh, cool. They've got the three keynotes. They've only put an excerpt of his up. Yeah. So I imagine he's going to reuse some of that of in course. later talks. But they've also got the the talks from G. Willow Wilson, who yes. we mentioned before. Yes, she was there. at the, one of the keynotes. And uh, Lawrence Lessig, who's oh, probably you know, yeah. better known in... in other circle, like he's probably known better in. Uh, well, I mean, in with everything that he, yeah, you know, everything he does around copyright and Creative true. Commons and, and uh, Aaron Schwartz and all that business. I mean, if you know, if you're up on that, you know, mm-hmm. net neutrality, then net neutrality and is he's yeah, he's yeah, yeah. you know he's the guy. Yeah. So so he's quite big in those circles. Yeah, so. he was fantastic too. Uh, so. You know, amazing guy. I had a look at that talk. It's amazing. It's uh, really talk. good. I mean, we. We were there for a couple of days, and mm. they were probably still the three highlights. Oh, of the, agreed! Of it was the whole it thing. was that was fantastic value. So, yeah. so yeah. well done. Yes, thank you. Very, 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 very exciting. Very well I know I geeked all over him. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Ew! <laughs> oh, well, that brings us down to um, things that we've learned this week. I'm learning. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I decided to give a newish podcast to listen this week. So this is not so much what I've been learning; it's just kind of I'm kind yeah. of rolling this into what I've been listening as well. But it was what I did learn was that there was a new podcast yes. uh, called "The Biggest Story in the World" podcast, and it's a climate change podcast yes. from the editor of the Guardian. Now, the edit, the current editor of the Guardian is leaving in a few months' time, and he's decided to use this 
time to tackle what he considers to be the big, the Guardian's the big newspaper in the UK for yes. those of you who don't know um, and it has divisions all around the world there's right. a Guardian in Australia as well right. but he's decided to use his last six months to solve climate change um, why would you I'm sorry why would well, you take that on ch- in your last he wants to change the agenda he wants a legacy is he what wants he a wants. legacy but he wants to change the agenda he wants to change the conversation around climate change and he waited till the last six months of his right yeah sorry um, <laughs> no 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 absolutely the whole thing is cynical and, and I've said in my notes here the title is called The Biggest Story in the World Podcast oh because um, that's like it, whenever you see a book at the at the at the bookshop or at the library you go this is the best book of magic ever written it's yeah. like you're really going to live up to that well the thing is he's talking about climate change being the biggest story of the world he's saying basically right. you change the agenda that you change the agenda for everything okay that's and, fair but as the podcast progression, you've listened to a couple of episodes yeah, of this now. Yeah. I've listened to most of them now. I think another one's dropped since I, I've started uh, listening to it. But you get the impression that they think they are the biggest story oh, in the world. Yeah. Because it's meant to be like this kind of fly on the wall behind the scenes of The Guardian as they decide on their agenda for this thing each week. Right, and so they decide right. upon their campaigns and what they're going to do next and you know where they're going to invest their money. And, it's like, right. and they've tried – they've got a narrator in. Right. So I thought, well, that worked well for Serial. Um, <laughs> but Sarah Koenig was likable. And well, yeah, and they've got <laughs> and this and and it is the it's it's staged. It feel, it's a, okay, it's not staged, but it feels like it, people who are talking who are aware they're being recorded as they're right, talking. Right, right. And and it's also. It's really weird because it's like her – they create false drama. It's like, you know, yes. they're taking this thing to the board. Will the board accept it? Right. Well, but we have to wait till next week. And does it ep- feel a bit like old school radio drama? It feels like it, – it does for two reasons. One, it, it there's a lot of narration of things that are happening. Mm. Alan takes a sip of water and sits back in his chair. Oh, God. And then they, it's like – Yeah. We don't it's, – it's like people who've decided to do a podcast and have never heard – of what a podcast is, and yeah. so well, we can do one of those. Let's yeah. just apply what we do in print yeah. to to um, to, to what the, we're doing. And the shame in radio. is, is the the content is probably really good. I've only listened to the one episode. Some of it is, some of it isn't. I don't find it terribly interesting because a lot of it is this kind of behind the scenes. It's not the behind the scenes stuff you want it to be. You, do, right. you want it to be kind of. Uh, um, you want to hear the shit fights, yeah. really? Yeah, of course you do. And you don't. It, usually, they create this drama, and it's like he got the thing. You know, oh. it's kind of like. Uh, yeah, there's not there's not a lot Do of you, stuff there, and the, the it, it does I sound heard... very self serving. Like a lot, and, and I hate to be cynical about it, because at the end of the day, he is doing something that is kind of that's important. He he is changing, and he's got this whole philosophy. But the repetition in this thing is incredible. Oh, like you know, they got this philosophy: yeah. leave it in the ground. That's that's his oh. that's his thing, and they mention that about fifteen times an episode. Yeah, episode three or four is one of the shortest ones today. It's only nineteen minutes long. Yeah, they spend the first three minutes. No, it's episode four. It's nineteen minutes long, and they spend the first two or three minutes yeah. re- recapping the first three episodes. Oh god! So and why even record that episode? It's kind of like you you get the impression because they, they they have to have something weekly. But I'm sure there are weeks where they have nothing. Like yeah. it's just it's just ticking along. Yeah. And so, so skip a week. You it, know? it just it feels really weird. Yeah. And it feels Do you find- also actually the the second point of that was you know all those kind of like weird not game shows, those reality shows yeah. where it's like, you know, they're doing over the house and they've got to do it in the next 60 minutes. Right. What's going to happen? Da, 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 da. And they've got this arbitrary oh, time pressure on it. so it's the They've time only got six, six months. months to change yeah. the agenda. Yeah. Will they do it? This week, this obstacle's been thrown to them. Will they overcome it? Of course they overcome it and they go on to the do. next week. And then what's going to happen? 
at the end of the six months, they they won't they won't have changed the agenda. No, of course they don't. But that's the kind of. Do you find that the production of it overrides any of the story content? Oh, it's so overproduced. Okay, it is. It is really overproduced, and and it's a shame because there is a really good story in there. Yeah, yeah. You think they just got caught up? Maybe not the biggest story in the world, but there's a good story in there. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. For a where are they in the process of this? So like they've got this six month time frame. So when is there still well, at the moment like they're, they're deciding five months and two you know weeks? where where to like the, the first couple of episodes are like you know who do we how do we direct the campaign? Do we get you know do we get the the Bill Gates Foundation on or do we get this oh, other people on? Okay. And I think part of it is too is that there's such high level stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like. I can't relate to this at all right. either. And it's all such high-level boardroom stuff. And in some ways, it's kind of like it's nice to see you know, the peel back of the curtain behind yeah. some of the stuff. But, but it's let not it be real. that, But maybe. let it be that. Yeah. So it's caught yeah. between being uh, pushing an agenda, yeah. pulling back the curtain, and being this narrative that they want to push as well. So it, it's, it's a right. very difficult right. kind of thing. Hmm. And it's frustrating because, as I said, I, I, philosoph- I philosophically agree. Yeah, of course. With with what he's doing sure. or with with his actual message, but, but it's getting sort of caught up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a shame. And it's also naive in a way as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, to think that if if, if it's genuine, to yeah. think that they can change the agenda yeah. in six months. Six months. That that is. <laughs> that was that was my initial it's like, reaction. It's like you I kind was of like, went, yeah. oh honey, no. Oh honey, no. <laughs> nice try. Love your yeah. hair. Hope you win. Yeah. You know. No, it's not going to happen. No, it's yeah. not going to happen. But there's more chance of like it's kind of like taking something like one of those TV shows like The Block or anything yeah. like that where they're redoing over a house. God, I would never buy one of those units on The no. Block. There is no... You you couldn't give me... Well, okay, maybe if you gave it to me because if they are doing those... Blo- those units, I've watched this show, mm. you can tell. Um, if they're oh, doing it in that short a time frame, the crap work that they're getting done in those renovation right. things... So take that attitude and apply it to climate change right? and, 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 then, <laughs> and then see how you feel about it. That's how oh, I feel about the show. Oh my God. So, they need to get some people yeah. in there with a sledgehammer hammer yeah <laughs> bring it on <laughs> so that's that's what i learned it this week um, cynical about climate change, change podcasts when done in a short stupid arbitrary time frame yes yeah more or less that's, that's i fair. learned so much else but that was i wanted to talk about the podcast yeah exactly yeah. exactly i'll be interested to see how it plays out sort of long term you know yeah. if they actually do affect any change i mean i won't listen to it to find out i'll if you know it'll make the news if they do now, your learning subject uh, is something near and dear to my heart. In fact, uh, I did something for this day as yes, well. Yes, you did. Um, we are now in May, and we just, this past weekend, it was free comic book day. It certainly was. And you guys did a, a live show for Behind the Panels. Yeah, we did that out at um, our Geek Actually uh, network sponsor, Good uh, Good Games uh, Hurstville. Very nice. Very I nice. almost forgot the name of right then. <laughs> Sorry, Jamie, It's been if you're a listening. long day. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting, and, and you did actually, I hope you did actually listen to this. Um, I did. Pop Culture happy hour which i speak about quite often i love that show they spoke about uh uh, glenn weldon who's one of the hosts of that show is total comic book nerd and he brought in some of the free comic book day um uh, books books uh and had the different people the different panelists read them and then come in and discuss it and the it was it, the particular panel that was on this show. It was a, a mixture of genders and sexual orientations and ages and everything. And I just wanted to hear what mm. your take was as someone who's a bit more of an expert on these things. Cause I know how I felt about it. I really enjoyed their discussion and, 
but I'm curious to hear what you thought of their discussion. It's interesting because even the self-confessed so-called comic nerd yes. felt the need to kind of downplay the comic aspect of it a little bit. There's that, okay. that little bit of that, that very NPR aspect of apology, apologizing for yes, this. Yes. I know this is on the fringes, but we have to read this because we read all <laughs> pop culture. And there's one guy to the point who was going like, well, I read the Pokemon book and I suppose my girl's into it, but yeah. – uh, I, I guess I had about as much familiarity as I would with any Pokemon episode. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's kind of like he's not that bad, but I mean, no. it, it sort of comes across that way. And sure. it's kind of like if you're a comic reader listening to that, right. you would feel a little bit patronized. On the nose, yeah. You know? And yeah. that they all have some different points because they're all coming to it from different places. Right. And I think it's really interesting because that's what Free Comic Book Day is about. It's, it's to about- get out people who maybe aren't normally yeah. wouldn't go yeah. in or maybe have not read comics and, in a while to yeah. come in. And there were some people who were biased. So it's actually funny. One of the comics people said, oh, you know, I actually usually stay away from you yes. know, Free Comic Book Day because I figure if it's free, that's it. And I, and I, I think that they've, you know, I might have had their head somewhere for the last couple of years because <laughs> free you get some really good stuff on free comic book day like really, really good original content nice. um depend if you pick the right publishers yeah i uh, i think generally speaking free com- comic book day now has gotten so big that you yeah. can possibly read everything no so no. it's kind of well weird. you can't possibly get everything yeah, either no, no most most shops give you t- there's like 50 60 books come out most yeah. shops will give you two wow so yeah yeah there's, there's no we were we were very lucky because we were working with a shop and they yeah. gave us a whole lot of comp copies lovely but um so i probably read more than most people did right. uh but it's interesting their comments were i don't know it's, it's did it's, you agree with some of their assessments some of them yes yeah, yeah. Uh, but and what was some, the one that linda holmes liked with the the, the oh the dinosaur yeah, yeah what terrible was lizard it was a great terrible lizard it was a really that's one of my favorite really see now yeah. I, having heard that i'm like oh i really want to yeah. read that but it's, i had i had a chuckle a couple of times because they were talking about things like aspen comics yeah uh and aspen comics is like basically you know just boobs and disembodied yes and stuff yes like that. and it's and they said, you know, it's written. They said, you know, look, yes, comics have gotten really progressive, and right. and and you know, really sex positive messages and all this sort of stuff, and yeah. strong female characters. But there's still a 14 year old boy market, right? And even though they've got the internet now, this is who they're writing right. books right. for. And I had to giggle because uh, David totally. and I have often joked about you know, Aspen comics and a few others being pretty much, it's where we go to see a lot of cleavage in comics. Right. You know, right, it's, right. It's, it's pretty much. It's still part of the, the, yeah. you know, the culture that they kind of a little bit like, because they're NPR, they kind of well, like the things that a lot of the critics like. They well, of like, course, well, they're critics. They All of them are critics. They so. mentioned fanographics a bunch of times, which yeah. usually scoop the Eisners and the Hugos and yeah. all that kind of stuff. They mentioned, uh, Do you a think bunch of independents. I would be there interested. There was a little bit of bias against the majors, and and I understand that because what they were saying about getting snippets of stories to come. You know, yes. if you have no intention of reading those stories, yes. and those they mean nothing to you. But right. then that's an example of how free comic book day caters to all markets. I think I, the the impression I kind of got uh, stepping out of this. It's funny because every time the one host, the one that brought everything in, every time he introduces himself, he always says, I review books and comic books for NPR. And he makes that distinction. And he's, I love him. I think he's fantastic. I think he's got, he's funny. He's got great things to say, but it always kind of bugs me that he makes that distinction. It's funny you should say that because at the very start of his intro, he said something and I can't remember the exact wording, but it was almost like he was saying, 
Now I don't normally read this sort of thing, and I yeah. look at videos, and and yes, they are comic books, and it was almost and Apologetic. the whole thing was kind of like we know we're talking about comic books, right, and right, stuff, right. And, but there will, and, and there's actually towards the end of the segment, they actually said, you know, but some of this has got really good writing in it. Yeah, yeah. Even now, the stuff that is pitched at children, which I yeah. think, if to be fair, let's say they did the exact same discussion around children's books. Let's say they brought in a whole bunch of you know, you know, children's books, and they did had them read it, and they'd be like, okay, well, we're reading children's books you just i'm saying like a different genre yeah. a different something that sits outside of your normal sort yeah. of space mm. you're probably going to get a similar outsider's perspective yeah. not understanding the culture behind it so yeah. that kind Look, of thing but by the same token there's a lot of trash that comes out on frequent oh book day. god Absolutely. i would imagine i would imagine and, you know and i think uh, my co-host dave longo uh, often says you know he said oh if you're looking for free comic book, i think he said last week he said if you're looking for some of the free comic book days you didn't get to check some of the bins around comic book stores oh. the next day because there are some that are very oh, yeah. binnable oh of course you know? of course and so i kind of agree with some of that but there was there was that little element of, of snobbery um, around it too. Yeah, uh, yeah that's and, fair. And I, and that's I kind part of, of the reason why I wanted you to listen to it because I listened to it and went, hmm, curious to hear an insider's perspective on this. And having said all that, <laughs> I probably recognize it because there's a bit of that in myself as yeah, well. And yeah, I of course. Of, I kind of, there are certain comics I treat with some snobbery, like, oh, I wouldn't read an Aspen comic. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. Sort of stuff, oh, I'm a total music snob, yeah. you know? Like, you know. I would never dance to Taylor Swift, ever, ever, ever. I, no, no, never. No, C- never. C- certainly no, not. No, certainly not. No. I, can, I, can, I, can, I can honestly say I've never seen you dance to no, Taylor Swift. Shush. No, shush. Um, but At I did learn well. something else. I did start learn something else in that, and I think it was actually in that last episode of oh, 99PI yes. that we alluded to earlier, um, that uh, the host of 99% Invisible, Mr. Roman Mars, has particularly strong feelings about Phantom Menace. And I think we even have a clip for I'm this one. I'm not familiar with that film. No. Someday Emma may love the new carpet. Like someday I might learn to appreciate Star Wars The Phantom Menace with its Jar Jar Binks and midichlorian microbes that control the Force. And no, there's no way I'll ever like it. You hear me, George Lucas? I'll never like it. You ruined it. You ruined Everything. <laughs> I think I'm going to put that as my ringtone. <laughs> you ruined it. You ruined everything. <laughs> Very good. And I agree with him. I'm sorry. I completely agree with him. There will be, never be a day when I will be able to be okay saying Jar Jar Banks and have a little warm fuzzy in I, my heart anywhere. I tweeted something that did quite well this week. I'll, I think I'll share it there because we had May the 4th this week. Yes, we did. And I said, I'm an orthodox Star Wars fan. I celebrate more the, May the 4th, 5th and 6th, but I don't celebrate May the 1st, 2nd and 3rd. <laughs> Uh, I, I may celebrate the seventh in years to come. So, yeah. mm. <laughs> so are you going to put that on your taxes next year, that you're an Orthodox? I'm an Orthodox Star Wars fan, yeah. <laughs> in the next census. Yes, absolutely. Jedi Knight. You're Jedi Knight. Brilliant. Mm. Let's do it. Well, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Oh. It, I think it does. I think we've we've drawn out as much as we can from Portland and mm. beer and donuts and things we've learned. So we're getting on a plane to head back there now. Right. I know. We're just not going to travel through LAX this no, time. No. Forget it. LAX is a hole. It's still under construction. 30 years running. Oh, my God. Seriously. <laughs> I think I've been going through that airport for the better part of 18 years and it, LAX has Always been under Terminal construction. Terminal six Bloody in LAX. Hell. I never want to see it again in my life. Never, never. never. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, so I think this is for you. I'm going to say it anyway. So from myself and Richard Gray and the Geek Ashley team, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you found some interesting podcasts to listen to. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, Pillow Forecast and you can follow the Geek Ashley guys at Geek Ashley. And if you'd like any more information on what you've heard on today's show, you can find all the links on our website at PillowForecast.com. Um, and we hope to see you here next time in the Pillow Fort podcast. See ya. Podcast Pillow Fort. The other way around, Amy. <laughs> podcast Pillow Fort. Yeah, that one. What are we, what are we again? I don't know. Yeah. Play the music. See ya. <laughs>